This episode is brought to you by Bless Bites, the best tasting healthy snack in the game. They're the perfect balance of plant protein, whole fiber, and healthy fats. Because of this, they can help you feel sharp, balanced, and strong for hours on end. I can personally vouch for this product and the people behind it because they've completely changed my life with their nutrient-dense seed flour. Having struggled with celiac disease and other autoimmune issues over the course of my life, finding snacks that I am not allergic to can be really hard. On top of that, as an avid athlete, the snacks that I can eat often leave me feeling underwhelmed and don't give me the nutrients I need to operate at my most optimal self. I wholeheartedly believe that food is medicine and can help you live a healthier and happier life. So go live your best life. Head to myblessbites.com and use code THRIVE10 to get 10% off your first order of this game-changing product. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's conversation is with Bella Martin, someone I really look up to in the health and wellness space here in Austin. During this episode, we chat about the body image struggles that women deal with while competing in sports and fitness, how to find yourself and overcome toxic mindsets, and how hiding your special capabilities from the world is not an act of humility. Bella brings a ton of energy and enlightenment to this episode, so I'm super stoked for y'all to hear it. Let's jump right into this combo and give it up for today's guest, Miss Bella Martin. What's up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today, I am going to be speaking with one of my good friends here in Austin, Texas, one of the fittest people I know, Miss Bella Martin. How are you doing today, Bella? <laughs> I'm good. I'm uh, I'm honored to be one of the fittest people you know. That's epic. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's one of the things that I mean, it kind of came under the radar. I was like just going through my Whoop. Uh, for those that don't have a whoop, you can see other people that have whoop and see like what the recovery scores are, strain, sleep, all that stuff. And I was just like scrolling and then I saw your HRV and how high it was. And I was just like sitting over here in my average of like 60 to 70, 80. And again, for those that don't have a whoop, it doesn't really matter how high it's different for each person, but it was just intriguing to see how high yours was because I never really saw anybody that had an HRV like that. Um, but that's where my first question actually lies is like, where did your passion for fitness kind of start out? Oh, okay. So I love it. So my mom was a group fitness instructor growing up. So I grew up in the gym. I was always in spin class, always in yoga. I was a swimmer. She was a swimmer. My sister swam. So sports were always a big part of my entire childhood, my entire life growing up. And it's funny that you ask about my HRV. So Apparently, swimmers, is what I've learned, have high HRV. Who knows why? I'm not so sure. But I learned that from when the Whoop guys were here. They were like, one of the highest people we know is a swimmer. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe it's maybe it's a thing. But I noticed once I kind of transitioned from bodybuilding and weightlifting into CrossFit that that HRV kept getting higher. And so I started in kind of the high 100s. Now I kind of sit in the low kind of medium 200s on my good days. So it's fun to see as my training has increased, as I've gotten fitter as a person, that HRV has continued to follow me. So 
it's fun. I don't know. It's been exciting to see how fit I can get. I don't think I've hit my peak yet, but hopefully <laughs> we keep going. Yeah, it's pretty cool to think about because, I mean, even for me, four months ago, I like actually kind of six months ago is when I started looking into Whoop, Oura Ring and those things and hearing about HRV. For you prior, and you mentioned the Whoop guys, so yeah. Bella worked out with me and there was two guys, uh, Ian and Mats, that were in town from Boston who were running trials here uh, in Austin. So we got to take part in some of those. And before that though, did you know anything about like HRV and Oh, honestly, no, not at all. I got Whoop because I wanted to start doing CrossFit and I was like, okay, this is something that can track my fitness in a way that I've never experienced before. It seems so accurate and it provides more of an overall picture of how fit and how well I actually am. I'd used the Fitbit before. It was fine. I only really used it for steps. I was like, okay, cool. If I don't get 10,000 steps a day, am I actually fit? Yeah, the answer is yes. Some days are more active than others. And I was thinking about the Apple Watch, but I am so connected to my phone all the time for everything. I didn't want another kind of thing notifying me that Instagram was saying hello or someone was texting me. I wanted something that I could have to just leave on my body and track me. And so when I was ready to learn about biohacking and how it can actually work for my body, Whoop was the perfect thing. Yeah, it's one of those things that I was hesitant with Whoop. And Joe Lindley uh, is <laughs> going to give him. me shit for this. I love it. Because him. He, he pitched me on Whoop a long time before I got it. And I was like, nope, I can't. Like, I'll get addicted to the technology <laughs> and stuff like that. Because I got rid of the Apple Watch for the same reason. It was yeah. just like I found myself in meetings. It would go off. And you just, my body innately, I'd look at my wrist. And I started getting really angry at myself because I'm like trying to have a conversation. Like, imagine right. we're having this podcast conversation. And then my watch goes off and I would go like this innately. And for those who can't see, I literally would just turn my head to my wrist rather than like looking at the person. And I didn't recognize I was doing it until like one of my business partners, I think a year or two ago called me out on it. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, like, what am I doing? So I was really hesitant with, with the whoop, but the good thing about the whoop is, and I think this is a, a pro and a con because a lot of people want a face to get Oh yeah, everyone wants the face. They're like, please give us at least a clock. And I was like, no, the point this is, is to wear it and just let it do its thing. You don't interact with it. It does it for you. It's, yeah, if they got a face, I'd be kind of upset. <laughs> yeah, same, because it has been one of those things where I honestly, the only time I look into my stats is in the morning or when I go to log a workout. So yeah. other than that, I just don't even really know it's there. Other than I do have a tan line now. Oh, um, my, my tan line is <laughs> so bad. Oh, my gosh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> but I'd love to pick your brain a little bit on kind of like your past. And yeah. you mentioned that your mom was into fitness and that you got into fitness. What were kind of like, it's, it's not always, you weren't always extremely fit and dialed in. So what were some of the, maybe the biggest struggles that you've had along the way, either transitioning out of sports and into, like you mentioned, going from bodybuilding to CrossFit. When you think about kind of your past and in fitness, what were some of the struggles that you kind of have went through? So I like that question because I talk about this all the time with high school girls, with college girls, with even people that I meet at the gym the fitness standards that people have for teenagers that play sports are all different. So soccer players, they're known for having big quads and very athletic legs, basketball, kind of the shoulders. 
everything like that. And with swimmers, we're known to have these big shoulders and like massive traps to the point where we kind of look funky. And so growing up being a swimmer, I was always more muscular than people in a weird way. And nobody looked like me other than the swimmers. And so I never felt confident in how I looked, even though I was muscular and I started lifting at 13, I wasn't confident with how I looked, even though I was performing well. And so I was like, okay, well, why do I want to look like this? If no one looks like me, I don't think other people find me attractive. And you get kind of stuck in that mindset, in that thinking. You're like, other people don't find this attractive. Other people don't get swimming. Nobody really cares about swimming. I'm not going pro. What is the point? And so when I stopped swimming and I started focusing on weightlifting and bodybuilding, it was so vain. It was truly all about looks. It was, how can I look better? What program will make me look a certain way? What will make me look skinnier, but still strong enough where people think I'm fit? How can I eat in a way to make me look a certain body type? And I wasn't doing any of it for me. I was doing it because I wanted other people to think I was attractive, but also think I was fit. And so there's this whole toxic mindset that I got trapped in that I see other people get trapped in all the time. And it sucks. (laughs) I can tell you today, being 24 and where I am now, it absolutely sucked. And so for me, I had to completely remove myself from all of that. I was on, I mean, I had all of these social medias dedicated to being this fit person, posting all my workouts, posting the pictures that I knew people would like, posting videos of my workouts where I knew I looked good in a certain way. And like, cool, people know that I'm fit because I'm posting fit pictures and I look cool. And I finally look the way that everybody wants to look when you're fit, but I was unhealthy. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't doing the things for my mental health. I wasn't in healthy relationships. I was seeking so much external validation that I wasn't even okay with myself. I was like, okay, this sucks. And it was probably kind of end of 2017, beginning of 2018 that I was like, I am tired of this. I'm not happy. I don't feel joy anymore. When I go to the gym, I'm going and I'm not even in there having fun. And fitness should be fun. It should be one of those things that you can continue forever and you're always getting better. It's always changing. Your needs change. So your fitness changes. And so I deleted everything off of social media. I went completely ghost for two years and I found myself in those two years and I kind of, I took time off from the gym. I made new friends. I ended relationships that I shouldn't have been in the first place. And I started to love myself and I started to eat more and I started to do activities that I hadn't done before. I was running, which as a swimmer, I've always hated. I was going to the gym and I was focusing on lifting a little heavier. I was putting on weight and it was awesome. And there was a period of time where I didn't really look as fit as I would like to, but I was happy and I was finally finding joy. And so it wasn't until kind of quarantine started in 2020 that I finally felt okay with myself enough to give it a try. Give it a try again to share my fitness journey and my life journey with other people again. But this time I'm coming from a completely different place. So now I'm like, okay, fitness is cool. And it's not all about how you look. It's how you perform. So eat to perform well, eat to look well and do what you love to do. If you're a runner, do what you need to do to be good at running, but still live your life. And so with CrossFit, which is funny, I never wanted to be a CrossFitter ever. I always told my friends, not for me, not for me. I had one friend who is probably like a couple weeks before I actually tried it 
was like, you should try it. And I said, I mean, I'll try it, but it's not going to be for me. I, I refuse to believe that I am a CrossFitter. And within the first week, I was completely hooked. First week, I bought a Whoop. I bought Noble Trainers that week too. I was completely bought into it because I felt that I was surrounded by people that cared about themselves the way that I cared about myself. They weren't in there for looks. They were in there to perform. They were in there because they love fitness and they love wellness. And I had never been around those people before. I'd always been around the people that are flexing in the mirror. They're using the lighting to look better, but they're unhappy. But the people that I was around in College Station that were doing CrossFit, they loved it and they loved their life. And I was like, why have I not been with these people this whole time? I've missed out on two years of my life that I could have been so happy and so healthy. And I miss that, but it's okay that I missed it because here I am now. And so at, you know, at this point I'm doing CrossFit since I started kind of my social again. So it's been fun to watch that journey. I was fortunate enough to, my mentor got me connected with Dave Castro. He paid for my L1 training. Now I coach. I am, I'm pretty much a full-time coach at CrossFit Central now. I will probably be there for a while. Who knows in what capacity, if it's only coaching, if it's going to continue to grow and I'll move more into the CrossFit space, but it's been a very long and very hard journey to find love for myself in the fitness industry. There's so much <laughs> to unpack there. Thank you yes. so much for, for going on yeah. kind of that journey of yours to tell that story. Cause there's so much that hits home with me. And I know that anybody listening could probably relate to that as well. And there's a lot of different directions I could take this in, which <laughs> is a great thing because I was, as I'm listening to this, it's like, oh, that's a good point. That's a great point. And I'm trying to compartmentalize this in my head so that I can kind of go in the directions that I want to go as we continue this conversation. Uh, there's two ways, and I'm, the reason I'm speaking this to you is because I, I don't want you to let me forget. Okay, um, we got this. One is the looks versus performance when when you're younger and what it feels like to be a woman who is swimming because you drastically go from a world that's performance-based to then bodybuilding, like you had mentioned. And then the other one is taking two years off and kind of like finding yourself and finding love for yourself. I think we live in a world where a lot of people are scared to take one day off let alone two years. So I'd love to go down that path of understanding a little bit of what did that look like for you? So don't let me forget that. That's why okay, I'm speaking cool. into existence right now. Um, but I'd love to start with how you were talking about as a, as a kid, what type of pressure were you under not only to perform, but to look a certain way? And how did that kind of play into you leaning more into the, the bodybuilding yeah. side of things? So it was awful being a swimmer growing up. I loved it. My friends are great. A lot of them I still keep up with, but being a swimmer and being a teenage girl is not easy. And I look at some of the swimmers now and I'm like, I know exactly what you're going through, whether or not you want to speak on it. I know how you feel. Tank tops are your worst enemy because your traps are showing, your arms are huge. You can swim really fast and that's awesome. But when you're walking around with these huge broad shoulders at 16, and you're like, oh my gosh, some of the guys in my high school class haven't even hit puberty yet. And it's like, this sucks. <laughs> that was like, me. <laughs> what the heck? Like, I look more masculine than you. And it's fine because, you know, you're swimming well. And at this point in life, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I swam well. I looked and I performed the way that I needed to. But at 16, like, 
it's so hard being a woman and being judged by how you're supposed to look anyway that when you look like that, it I mean, you can't love yourself. I was comparing myself to all of the popular girls who played soccer. They didn't have the arms. They were adorable. They looked great in shorts, great in tank tops. They'd wear the cutest outfits. I could never pull them off or I didn't think I could pull them off. You kind of develop this body dysmorphia of sorts that takes years to fight. I'll still find myself buying clothes that are too big. I'll find, I'll buy clothes that I'm like, oh, well, this won't show my shoulders. And I'll think about, I'll think about that. Like I am a grown woman. I can wear whatever the heck I want. Why would I not buy a tank top? I mean, last week before I hurt myself, I spent 17 hours training according to my whoop, 17 hours. Why would I not show off my arms? Like if I'm benching, if I'm doing handstand pushups, if I'm working on handstand walks, why would I not show that off? Why would I be embarrassed of that? I'm choosing that. Wear the dang tank top. But at 16, I don't have the confidence. I don't have the courage to do that. And I even see there are grown women that I talk to at my gym that still suffer from that same body dysmorphia. And they're like, I just, I don't know. I don't feel enough love and confidence in myself to wear that. I'm like, why have we done this to ourselves? Why have we convinced ourselves that being skinny is the best thing? Why did I convince myself that if I was 11% body fat, that I, that would be the only way I was beautiful? I'd, I'd love to go down this, this thread. <laughs> like why? why? Like why, why does that happen? Because like, I I, again, know. I can't put myself in your shoes. So like why, why in our society yeah. does that happen? I think, I mean, a lot of it comes from obviously media and then whatever becomes trendy and whoever becomes popular, everyone wants to look like them. And that's just how it goes. And I mean, with fashion, all models for forever have been incredibly skinny. And my siblings are all, I think my sister's 5'10", my brothers are 6'2", I'm 5'4". And so they're all skinny and lean. And then there's me. I'm already the black sheep for being small. And so kind of dealing with that, I'm thinking, well, dang, I don't look like you guys and you guys are beautiful. Why am I not that way? And then thinking about it now, it's like, I'm so transparent with kind of where I sit with my weight and where I sit with my body composition because I'm I'm proud, but I'm also, I understand how it feels. At this point in my life, I'm like, okay, cool. If I'm not between 16 and 20% body fat, that's okay. You don't have to be. There are going to be years that you're not. There's going to be years that you're lean. There's going to be years that you're struggling and getting to the gym is hard, but that doesn't mean that you're not beautiful. And for me, what I, what I thought was really fun, starting CrossFit, I was like 110 pounds, definitely not healthy, not where I need to be. I'm 147 now. And when did you start CrossFit? July of 2020. I'm 147. And I've wow. never been this happy. I, That's awesome. It kind of, honestly, it feels like it came overnight that I was, I went from being this tiny person that blow away in the wind that looked fit to being someone that actually was fit. And I, I'm so comfortable. Like I feel happy with myself. I feel joy. I go into the gym like, man, I'm strong now. Like I'm actually performing and I had to put on that much weight to perform, but that's okay. I, yeah, I mean, have you, to can, be you can help me get, because so, every single year I'm trying to put on <laughs> the same, that same amount so that I can perform yeah. better. A lot of, a lot of it is again, like I'm training for, for high rocks right now. So if I don't keep up my calories, like I start withering away and then yeah. I get hurt. Um, so a lot of, I don't think a lot of people know this, but if, if you're 
putting on weight in a, in a good way, it can help you reduce injury. And that's kind of like how I do it. Um, but a lot of people just think of bulking as just like, Oh, eating like shit and then putting on 30 pounds and then trying to cut for summer to look shredded. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people think about that a lot about all of us as athletes, but at the end of the day in the winter, it's really about putting on a little bit more weight so that when I am running two a days, in a hundred degree Texas heat, I have a little bit more on my body. So I don't wear down as fast and I don't need as many calories in, in me at that time. Um, but that's what, what do you (laughs) think would, would change the culture? Because I'm always, I'm a change agent. I consider myself a change agent in society and I want to leverage this podcast to help change the way that we think. And if we start changing the way that people think, then hopefully they change their habits and those actions then lead to a changed society. So for for girls specifically that are growing up into women and strong is sexy. And I tell that to my wife, Erin, all the time because she's the girl with huge, I see it every day looking at her quads. She has big legs. She was a dancer. And to me, that's sexy. It's just like, Hell yeah. you can run. She runs half marathons. Every half marathon she's in, she's finishing top 10 and she works full time. She doesn't even train the way that like these half marathoners are training. And I'm like, I have to constantly remind her. It's like, your muscles are there to do a job. Like they weren't put on this earth to please some other person. And you're already married. Like you married, like, I don't care. Like (laughs) get skinny legs, big legs, whatever. I'm still going to love you. So it's like, it's easier said than done though, because we've been programmed. So how do we program in your eyes, is it literally introducing women? Like I start thinking like, okay, kids can't necessarily do CrossFit, but like, what does that look like at a younger age? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I think a lot of it is like what I'm finding is the conversation, being honest about it. And that'll probably lead us into kind of everything else you want to talk about. It's just being honest and authentic with where you've come from and how it makes you feel. It's like, I will own all of the unhealthy behaviors that I had and the toxic mindset that I had about myself. I'll own that because I've moved past it so I can relate to it on so many ways that other people can't. So talking about it and I think also introducing people to the idea that strong is sexy. Not sexy for kids, but like strong is good. You don't need to be so concerned with being this thin person just because the celebrities are thin. Like They have all the money in the world. They have all of these trainers. They have access to so much else that not normal people do. So of course they're going to look different. They're going to look a certain way. And yeah, that's cool. That's Hollywood. That's fame. But normal people aren't that way. But what I think as a woman that has dealt with this, that is in the fitness space, I think being a coach and seeing these women and being able to talk to moms and telling them, hey, I understand how you feel. This is something that I've struggled with as well. We can work on it together so you can bring it home. And then when teenagers come in the gym, hey, they see me, they see some of the guys we have at the gym. They're like, okay, cool. I want to be that way. They come into our gym and gyms need to focus more on this. It's like, you feel welcome when you come into the gym. Your gym's the same way. Like, come as you are. We love you. Like, let's perform well together. That should be the mindset that gyms have, not you know, do a hundred curls and then you'll look good and girls will like you. I mean, of course there's a time and a place and there's a group of people that love that style of fitness, but the normal person and the person who loves fitness and it brings them joy, they shouldn't be worried about that. Like come as you are, let's work out together. Let's find joy together and look good in the process, but good 
is however you want it to be. You don't have to be skinny anymore. I, th I truly think it just comes down to conversations and being there and being present. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Bella. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Bella Martin. It's one of those things where we kind of have to reprogram what is good, like you said. Yeah. Where... Like a, a great instance is if I'm coming from the male perspective and this is my toxic, toxic kind of thought process prior to where I'm at in fitness now is just like, okay, you're, you're dating girls in high school and in college. And for me, I was diminutive. So it's just like, no one's paying attention to me because I'm just the small guy. Yeah. And like I'm getting bullied and things like that. So I'm gonna hit I'm gonna get the gym so people pay attention to me. Of course. And like that was sadly pain is what drives most people's decisions for the most part. But we need to switch that pain over to instead of okay, I want this attention, I like how you put it where it's I just wanna love myself. And like I don't love myself. I don't like being in my body. I wish I had a different body because that's exactly what I thought. I was scared to go to the gym. Like I put, my dad made it. One of the reasons I have a gym in this office in Thrive, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, I'm not sure, but is because my dad put a gym in my basement and it was the only place I would work out at at first. I hate that. Literally, oh, I was scared I to go to the lunch day. I did not go D1 because I was too small. I was skilled enough. And that's why I thrived in whatever field I went on. But- I was scared to go to the gym and there was no YouTube or Google or things back then. Right. I was reading books in this like dusty moldy basement <laughs> and we had, we got our equipment out of garage sales and it was like six months in, I was like confident enough to go to the gym. And then I go to the gym and I realized those guys there were super nice and were literally willing to help. And what they had told me, and this is cool because you're basically bringing it up the same point, is I remember what it was like to be you. And that's something that I think we need to break in social media is flash gets more spotlight than like reality, obviously. But the reality of most people that are working out are working out to perform better, whether it's as a husband, wife, brother, sister, family member, friend, community member, they're not there to get the six pack to no. make money off of their six pack. And, but 
when you get on social media, what gets shown the most. Six packs. The six packs. You're on TikTok, you're scrolling through and it's all these like tiny people dancing. And I'm like, okay, cool. But are you happy with yourself? I want to love you, but do you love you? And I'm thinking about it now. It's funny. In high school, you know, all the guys always like the pretty girls. They always like the popular girls. And at this point, I'd be like, oh, well, if he doesn't like me for the way that I look, then why would I want to be with him anyway? But 16-year-olds don't think like that. High schoolers are like, oh, you don't like me? Something must be wrong with me. Mm. And that is a hard place to come out of. Even as an adult, it's like, oh, you don't like me? What's wrong with me? Like, why am I not enough for you? Well, if you flip it around, why am I not enough for me? Why aren't we asking that question? And to piggyback off that, <laughs> why am I not trying to reach my potential? Right. Why has that not been a question? And that's that's something I've been asking myself. One reason that I'm leaning in and like for those who are in the Austin region, please go to CrossFit Central and take Bella's class. I it's went, so fun. <laughs> yeah, it went, it was, it's a bunch of fun. I went la, two weeks ago. I was supposed to come tomorrow, but it's my buddy Daniel's 40th birthday. So I oh. have to do a workout with him. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where I'm leaning more into what is the potential that I want to reach? And again, it has nothing, a lot less to do with what I look like and more, yeah. how do I want to perform? And that kind of goes into the the next question I have, which I brought up earlier. We only perform at our best when we love what we're doing and we oh love gosh, yeah. where we're at in our life. So if you could just run us through like that, that two-year time frame of when you're talking about finding yourself and finding love for yourself, how did you go about doing that? Because I think, especially having COVID the last year, there's a lot of people that have lost themselves mm-hmm. or they were lost prior to it and now they're drowning or COVID made them lose themselves. So right. what were some of the things that you've done to kind of get yourself back on the saddle so that you love what you're doing now? And if you love what you're doing, you're consistent with it. Obviously, you're going to perform better. Oh, Yeah. So it's interesting. I was coming out of undergrad, going into grad school, and I was researching athlete branding. And so I'm doing all of this research on how to help athletes build their brands on social media. And whether it's, you know, learning how to use the platforms to show people who they are and how to monetize social media and how to avoid, you know, kind of pitfalls that come with being a famous influencer, things like that. I was doing all this research on it. And I'm reading daily all of these academic articles. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, all of these researchers have done this research on it, but what are normal people doing? What are people in the fitness and the sport industry actually doing to apply those personal branding practices in real life? And nobody's written about that yet. Nobody had talked about it yet. And so I went and I talked to, I think it was 27 different sport and fitness professionals. And I asked them the question, what is your personal brand? And they didn't know. Or they were like, oh, well, I do this for work. So that's just, you know, that's who I am. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, who are you aside from your work? What are you doing? And so by having all of these conversations with these people who had either never been asked who they really are and what they wanted people to see them as, I was learning about myself. I was like, okay, interesting. You never thought about yourself in this way. And now you are. And so people, even to this day, I keep up with most of those people and they'll be like, hey, I actually thought about one of the points we talked about in our conversation and I'm trying to be more authentic with who I am. And I was like, cool. Like that was, you know, a great part of the conversation. And after that, I was like, well, why am I not doing that? 
why was I not doing that all along? Why was I not showing people who I really am, which is someone who gets up at four, goes to bed at 8 p.m., I train, I do school, I do all these things. Why was I so consumed with showing people, oh, look, if I pose in this light and this way, I have a sick back. Why was that the focus? And so after doing all of this research, I was like, okay, it's time to start over and do it for myself. And it was not easy. I didn't want to do it. I kind of came up with every excuse in the book why I didn't want to go back on social media, but I did it. And I started with Twitter, which has been a fun thing to get onto because I think that's where I've found my voice in sharing kind of the quirks of being in the fitness industry, being on social, being in personal branding, being in all of these things at once. Like I share some weird things on Twitter, but it's all real. It's like, this is a thought that I had. And apparently I'm funny when I'm on Twitter. Don't take my word for it because I don't think I'm funny, but the world, the internet thinks I'm funny. And so after that, I was like, okay, if I can be myself on Twitter, I can be myself on Instagram. And so I've applied all of these things that I learned through academic research on Instagram. And it's fun now. My entire social media presence is exactly who I am. It's exactly my struggles. It's my successes. It's everything that I want to be and who I am. But it's also everything that I've learned through academics. And it's like, okay, is this working? Yeah. Is it not working? Maybe not. And I can go from there. And when people want to talk about it, I can tell them what's working and what's not. And I have, since I've gone back on Instagram, I don't receive the negative comments anymore. I don't get those comments that are like, oh, you're so sexy on my posts. I don't get the really creepy DMs anymore. I like I used to get them all the time. People be like, oh, you're so hot. Like, like really Dude, weird. Dude, that's things. so skeevy. So oh. gross. It's the weirdest thing. And I think the oh. weirdest DM that I've gotten since I came back was it wasn't even a real page. Someone asked me to step on ants. They're like, if we paid you five hundred dollars, would you step on an ant pile? And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking. What a strange request. <laughs> what in the world? The answer is no. Um, I did not do it. But I don't get that negative attention anymore. But when I had social media before, that was the attention I wanted. And I mean, why would I want that? Why would I want these creepy grown men who I didn't even know telling me I was hot? Telling me, and not even that I was beautiful. It was never, oh, you're beautiful. It's, oh, you're hot. That looks sexy. Oh, you look skinny. I don't get that anymore. People are commenting on my things now and they're like, hey, I'm proud of you. Or, hey, I saw you doing that. Like, that looks hard. And I have built a community of people that I actually love and that share the love of themselves with me. So people, it sounds weird, but it's the people that I'm surrounded by love themselves. You love yourself. And I can see that. And that's why it's so beautiful to be your friend. It's like whenever we're together, the conversation's always great. It flows. You feel wholesome and you feel full of life when it's over because you love yourself. And dude, let me tell you, that is not easy to find. And a lot of people don't want to be that way because yeah, a lot scared. of people never find it. And I, no. I'm a big believer in everything you're saying reminds me of you get what you give. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer also in the word serve. So yes. what were you serving <laughs> before versus what are you serving to the world now yeah. where you were serving before was the negative ego oh my gosh, versus what yeah. you're serving now is a positive ego. And a lot of, we talk a lot on this podcast about ego and I want to be clear here because 
I don't ever want people to think that like the ego doesn't have a purpose because that's what it right. can come off. There's a lot of people that talk about ego now, but it does have a purpose because I mean, I have an ego. I want to help change the world for the better. Yeah. That is my ego that wakes me up every morning. That's like, get that's after your drive. it because that's your purpose. you want to do this, right? Yeah. Um, now we're, we grow up in a world where most people are leaning into their negative ego and that's yeah. where in your life it's shown as even though you're performing in the pool, you want to look like the soccer girls because they're getting the, the attention of whoever, right? And we don't have the ability to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, none of that actually matters. It's all a facade in the first place. It's just like, you get to set that for yourself. And I think that takes a lot of trial and tribulations for, for people. So that's where, what were some of the things you were doing, like maybe mindset, physically, spiritually, mm-hmm. where you were hanging out? Did you move? Like, what were some of the things that you kind of changed in your life yeah. so that you opened the doors to be able to have those conversations with those 27 people? Yeah. I changed everything. I mean, I ended relationship that was not healthy for me. I had to end some friendships that were unhealthy for me. And it's, you know, sometimes people, they don't do anything wrong, but if they're not bringing joy to their, like to your life and they're kind of making your life a bad place for you, you have to step away from that. And there's a lot of maturity with being able to step away from relationships, friendships, and it's not easy. And it's like telling someone I can't be your friend anymore is so much harder than saying I can't date you anymore. You know it's almost I mean? like you want them to do something really wrong. Right? So it's easy. Yeah. It's like, can you be mean to me? Like really mean to me <laughs> for a day? And then we don't have to be friends anymore. But like telling people, hey, I can't be your friend right now because I need to focus on myself. Like people don't get it. And there are a lot of people that from that point in my life, I'll probably never be friends with again. But I've tried to at least make amends with a lot of them and tell them, hey, this is where I was at at that point in my life. Thank you for, you know, being understanding or thank you for being mean to me when I said we couldn't be friends any like I couldn't be your friend anymore. Like thank you for having whatever response you had. Like here's where I'm at now. I truly hope the best for you. So, that was a lot of it. Um changing your social circle is huge. Kind of whoever you surround yourself by, that's who you are. And people always say that like the people you choose to be around are the people you are and it's, it's very true. Um, I stopped going to the gym that I was going to. I was like, cool, I'm going to work out by myself. I'm going to work out outside. I'm going to do other things. I'm going to swim again. I started swimming again. Um, in terms of food, I stopped calorie counting. I deleted my fitness pal. I was like, if I ever like get that app again, I will have to be in a different mind space because that is not good for me. Um, I, so you don't track right now. So I track my macros okay. and that has been, I love to eat out. I will always say yes. If someone wants to go out to eat, cause I think eating out is such an experience to share with people. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, where do you want to go? Let's go. But I don't, I don't fear food anymore. Okay. I'm like, I went to peach tortilla the other day. We got everything on the menu, literally one of everything That's on the awesome. menu. And it was an incredible time. And I don't want to know what I ate in that day. I don't want to know because I had a good time. So who cares? Like, who cares? So yeah, it changed. So the only people. reason I asked is because yeah. I've, I've never counted a day in my life. And it's a lot of people are, are surprised by that. But it's just like, I'm too, I say lazy, but like, really, I just, I can't imagine adding something else to my plate of like, <laughs> what I have to track. I just think of eat to perform and yeah. go perform. Like, 
I think there's value in nutrition coaching. I think there's a lot of education that needs to happen with most people who are getting into fitness or they want to take their fitness to a different level. Having that coach that is, you know, they understand nutrition and they can give you what you need is, I think it's incredible. But when you're trying to do it for yourself and you don't have the education, you don't actually know what you need. You're just like, well, if I eat 1200 calories and most of it isn't bad processed carbs, I'll be really skinny. So then I'll be good. That's like the worst thing that you could do for yourself. You're setting yourself back instead of pushing yourself to perform. So nutrition, yeah. At this point, I'm like, hey, give me the cookie. I'm going to say yes every time. Give me that. Like I can't eat ice cream, but I would eat ice cream if I could. I got very into reading. I used to love to read. And then I was like, oh, well. What are a couple of your favorite books? Ooh, okay. So um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a great one. The Mind Gym is probably I'll, – I'll get you a copy. I actually try to give it to all my like friends. It's just about stories of athletes and how their mindset has changed, how they perform and how they play. And it's just – it's like this big. It's great. Um, but I'll read anything. Anytime anyone's like, oh, I have a book for you. All right, cool. Let's go. Let's read. And since I wasn't on social media, what am I doing? If I wasn't doing something for school or if I wasn't active or eating or maybe even watching something on Netflix, like I had nothing to do. I wasn't scrolling on anything. Let's read. And I was reading all the time. And it was good stuff too. It's not like gossip that I'm seeing on Instagram. It's not the things on Twitter. I was like, okay, cool. I'm bettering myself because I kind of have to. Like I was forcing myself to be better, which I think. It sounds so weird to say it out loud, but yeah, I was forcing myself to be better. And I stopped buying clothes because of what other people would want. I was like, all right, cool. I like wearing this, so I'm going to wear this and it's comfortable for me. I went and I threw away so many things that I knew I had purchased because I thought it would make me look a certain way. And I threw away things that I was like, you know, that is that outfit, if I wear it out, this is the attention that I'm going to receive. And I don't want to be that girl anymore. So when you ask me, like, what changed? Everything. There's not a part of my life that I didn't have to completely rework to get to where I am now. And I am so glad that I did. And the cool thing is, like, you mentioned CrossFit July 2020. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not even in July 2021. (laughs) So, like, a lot of the changes you've made, for most people, that's a rapid pace. Like, for, for us, it still feels long, right? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It the feels type like of people we are, ago. right? But for a lot of people, one year, two years, three years, like that's, that's, that's a rapid pace yeah. for change in, in their eyes. And I just want to give you credit because like everything that you did, like it, it reminds me so much of like my journey and where it, it's funny you brought up the clothes thing because oh, it's a huge thing. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron will attest to this. Like when I first started dating her, I would wear like baggy shorts and just like, cut off like old raggedy t-shirts and I'm such a believer now and like if you look good you feel good and yeah let me you feel good you play good you play good they pay good right and by look good and feel good I mean you determine that versus what what you said hit home so much is like I used to just do whatever I thought was the the norm or the thing so that I didn't cause any more attention or I did cause more attention, whatever uh, I was feeling at the moment. But then I started realizing like, okay, I wear baggy shorts because I don't like my legs. Why don't I like my legs going down that rabbit hole? And it's interesting to hear it 
on your end because for me, like for a guy, it's different. I always want to get bigger. Of and course. then for a girl, it's always, okay, how can I get stronger? And this, this Aaron will, we'll talk about this all the time. How can I get stronger and faster, but not, not get any bigger? How can I look lean and toned? <laughs> and it's like, okay, well you have to build muscle to tone it. Yeah. That's when people tell me that they're like, I want to tone. I was like, all right, well, let me tell you, you're not going to like what I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, because you're it's not just not, like it. <laughs> it's, it's not a thing. And I, I'm just very appreciative that you're, you're clearly stating that here on this podcast because it's one thing that I, I can't physically preach to women. I'm not, not a yeah. woman, but having somebody do that because, again, strong is sexy and using your body for whatever you want to use your body for. So to kind of pivot this conversation, yeah. you're clearly using your body for CrossFit now and oh you want to go down that. I had this question earlier. Yeah. Why were you so hesitant of CrossFit, quote unquote, oh, in the gosh. beginning? So growing up, my mom was always like, you can't do CrossFit. You're going to get hurt. My dad, you're going to get hurt if you do CrossFit. You're going to get injured. And I understand I have KT tape on my ankle now. I did sprain my ankle. Pretty bad. It's pretty gnarly. Oh, we're twins. Um, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> but it wasn't like CrossFit injured me. So I'm still, you know, that's what it was. And they always told me that I, I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. Swimming can injure you. Right? Swimming can injure Swimming did injure me. Bodybuilding injured me. And so all these things, like, they were telling me I can't do it. And so I finally decided to do it. And I'm mad at myself for not, you know, doing it earlier. But thinking about it, I wouldn't have been in the right place to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't have benefited from the way that I do now. I wouldn't be as grateful for the sport that I am now. And the people in the environment and honestly the culture that CrossFit has created, I would not be ready for it two years ago. I wouldn't and be. that's because you had a bigger injury then. And this is what your like, yeah. parents and certain demographics don't understand. It's like your mind was injured. My mind, my heart was injured. Yeah. I didn't love myself. If I had put on 20 plus pounds at 18, I would have gone down an awful, like I would have spiraled. But I put on that weight in the past year and I'm like, heck yeah, here we go. Like, this is fun. I feel good. I love that I did that. And I did it for me. I don't care if I'm attractive to the guys that I see on the street. Like, oh, cool. You're going to honk at me. Thanks. But I don't really care anymore. Thanks anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. Heck yeah. I love that. What does a day in the life look like for you <laughs> right now? Because we, yeah. we were mentioning this prior to the podcast and how like summer is going to look a little crazy for you. Oh, yeah. But what does a, a day in the life of Bella look like now, now that you are in the right mindset and you're kind of your heart's fulfilled. And I think the reason I'm asking this question again, because like you're talking, this isn't like a lifetime it took you to get here. Mm -hmm. It, you made some very drastic changes and now you're seeing the fruits of all that. And what does that look like so that somebody else out there who might've struggled with some of the same things and they, they want to kind of see what it would look like on the other end. Yeah. What does that look like? So kind of on a daily basis, I get up at five every day, regardless if I'm coaching or not, I'm up at five. Um, I'm very productive in the mornings. So if I don't coach, I'm reading or I'm kind of catching up on the things that I need to do, whether that's emails that I haven't responded to or projects that I need to continue to work on, I'm up and I'm working. Um, after kind of the classes, I have about two to three hours of me time where that's just working. And a lot of times it's just me trying to figure life out. 
and I'm reading and I'm trying to find ways. If I'm struggling with something, I'm like, okay, let's spend some time really unpacking that and being in a vulnerable place. And so sometimes it's not fun. I mean, it's not fun being vulnerable with yourself. It's not fun with struggling with things. It's really not. But being able to work through it is really rewarding. And so if I'm at home and I'm working, if I'm kind of in that self-reflection mode, which happens a lot, which was never a part of my daily routine before, I never really stopped to think how I'm feeling. I just moved through it. I put it in the back of my head. My family has team logic and team emotion, and it's how we process things. I've always been team logic, and at this point, I realize that it's to a fault. I need to be a little bit more emotion, emotional that. and vulnerable with myself. Um, but I spent, yeah, I spend a lot of time thinking about myself in a way that's healthy and that's pushing me forward to be better. Um, I train typically two to three hours a day. I do the Mayhem CrossFit programming. It's been so much fun. And that is another reason why I think my HRV is getting higher. <laughs> it's been that training. Um, in the evenings, I coach again. And at night, I love going out to dinner. And that's like the one time of the day that I can do something with other people. So I always say yes. We were talking earlier. I, If someone wants to go to dinner, let's go to dinner. Let's have great conversation. Let's fill each other up in a way that we weren't getting earlier in the day. So I say yes to the opportunities no matter what because I learned, okay, if I hadn't said yes to trying CrossFit, I would have missed out on this entire part of my life where I'm at now. And so I'm like, let's say yes and let's be okay with saying yes. Let's be okay with being a little uncomfortable for a second and let's just keep moving. And on the weekends, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, we're going to coach. We're going to train. And then what are we going to do? It's always something fulfilling. It's going out paddleboarding and having really deep conversations as we're looking at the South Congress Bridge. It's hiking the Greenbelt. It's going to try a weird food spot that may or may not be good, but it's going to be worth the story. It's just saying yes all the time. But then being okay if it's not going to work out or if you feel kind of crappy afterwards, that's okay. Because if you're going to eat because you're going out and having like an experience, you might not feel great afterwards. And that's okay because you still had a good time. And before, I would have freaked out. I went to Via 313 the other day. We got <laughs> vegan pizza. I've never eaten more in my life. I hadn't had pizza since high school. And I had this weird like cognitive dissonance. I was like, I really can't eat that because I'm going to get sick and it's bad for me. I, oh my gosh, it was so good. This is a plug for Via 313 at this point. Um, it was amazing. But like I thought about it on my drive home. I was like, if I had done this before, I would have been panicked. I would have been mad at myself for eating the way that I did. I wouldn't have enjoyed the conversation. The conversation was great. We had a great time. We had a blast. And I don't know why I limited myself to that. So anybody who has dealt with that, you know, lack of self-love and lack of confidence with saying yes to, like saying yes to every opportunity, I get it, but it's worth it. It's always worth it. Again, so much to unpack there. <laughs> I know. Just like leaving me in, in the dust. With, we'll have to have a part two. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to unpack there. And I, I, so I have celiac disease, so I know what it's like with the, the food restriction. And oh, yeah. uh, the past two years, I've been a lot more f flexible in the way that I've done. Like literally this winter, I don't know what the brand is, but I would get a vegan pizza every Saturday after training. I would eat a whole pizza, 1,500 calories, just like that. And uh, same thing. Old me would have been like, what are you doing? Like when, when I first started dating Aaron, it was bad. Like I literally would eat uh, chicken 
eggs, rice, and frozen veggies. And like awful. that was it. And that was my life. Or tuna. I eat tuna as well. How low and protein. <laughs> that was it. Just hella protein, some carbs, and some yeah. veggies, right? Um, and mi- very minimal fats versus these days, a lot of it is I'm always looking for very healthy fats to eat. Um, and I also look to throw my body curve. What I equate it to is like, I'm always trying to throw my body a curveball and okay. see how my body handles a curveball now yeah. versus not being able to handle anything. And it's weird how a lot of it is once your mind gets stronger, your body gets stronger. And that's what I realized. Like my mind, a lot of the path that you're talking about, I can relate to so hard because as soon as I started taking a step back and loving myself a lot more, when I would go and try things outside of the realm of what I would normally eat, I didn't have a reaction. But right. really, it was just my mind didn't have a reaction because I loved myself when I was in that scenario. Now, still, I have to be a little bit cautious of, of what I do only because that's my certain disorder. But what my diet looks like these days is night and day. Colorful. Yeah, like way more colorful experiences are, are are a lot more there, and I just love how you how you kind of put that because saying yes to opportunities, and I want to be clear here because you get your shit done. Oh yeah, like you're not just like <laughs> oh yeah saying yes during a day to every any little thing that comes through. Like you're you're talking about you're getting your shit done, and then when an opportunity presents itself, when you have some free time, mm-hmm. you're saying yes to it where a lot of people I think restrict themselves in in that time yeah. uh, for whatever reason. But we're getting close to the end here and I yeah. kind of want to give you a chance to, to spotlight a little bit. I do this every episode, spotlight oh, yeah. a little bit of what you're doing because I know you're doing more than just outside the CrossFit. Um, so f- feel free to kind of just rattle off like what classes do you teach? Yeah. I know you're working on helping another brand uh, get off the ground. Maybe you're working on something individually, but yeah, this is your opportunity to kind of just like talk a little bit about what you do and and who you're helping and what that person looks like because yeah. this the ultimate goal of this podcast is to connect you with somebody that might be listening uh, to be mutually beneficial for each other. Oh, so. I love that. Thank you. So first things first, I actually was talking with James last week and I was like, this is a quote that I'm going to leave you with. And it gives me chills every single time. Sometimes it makes me cry depending on the day. It's don't hide your gifts and call it humility. So whoever listens to this, don't hide who you are. Don't hide what you're good at and then say it's humility because it's not. It's not. I love that. It's I'm my actually favorite. tweeting it's, it right I have, now. <laughs> I, I told you I would have chills and I have chills over my whole body. Um, so yeah, whoever listens to that, you know, I tell myself that every day and it's not a pride thing. It's be proud of what you've accomplished and excited for it and share it with the world because you deserve that and the world deserves it too. And so, you know, with that, a lot of what I do and my passion is people. I think my purpose in this world is to help people find ways to love themselves and then share that with others in an authentic way. And that's where fitness comes in. It's, I get to see hundreds of people a day, that are learning to love themselves. And I can share that with, I can share fitness with them. And then if there's other things that they want to learn, like how can I use social media to share who I am? I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let's talk about it. Let's actually unpack who you are because maybe you actually don't know. And so, you know, most of what I do, and eventually by the end of this year, the goal is to have B Brands, which is just a personal branding company where I help anybody who wants it understand the value of their personal brand. I've done a lot of work with professional athletes and helping them with mostly Instagram and Twitter 
and even LinkedIn. I'm trying to get every football player I know on LinkedIn. It's worth it. Helping them understand the value in it because sports end. Mm -hmm. Sports inevitably will end. And a lot of college athletes don't understand that or they don't want to face that reality. So they're like, oh, well, football has gotten me this far. Like it's just going to keep getting me there. And I was like, but it's not. And I'm not telling you that from someone who doesn't support you. I support the heck out of you. But football is going to end. And whoever you have shown the world that you are when it does is where you're going to start off. And so, you know, being able to help professional athletes understand personal branding has been a challenge because they're like, oh, well, people know that I play sports. And it's like, who else are you? But it's the same with normal people. They never ask themselves that. No, but it's the same as, you know, a normal person working for a marketing company. It's like you work so hard putting the image of that marketing company out there, but who are you? Yeah. Why are you working so hard to build that brand and not your own? But that's a question that I ask people. It's fun. My favorite thing is to ask someone how they are and sometimes they get it and they're like, okay, honestly, I'm not good. And we'll get into these great conversations. And it's like, I want to know how you really are not just how you are today. I want to know how you really are because if someone asked me in 2018 how I was, I would have been a mess. And maybe that would have kickstarted my whole transformation, but it wasn't. It was a lot more than that. Um, so I do that. Personal branding is my passion. It's been fun. Be Brands 2022. You'll oh, see yeah. it. It'll be there. We're already rolling. Um, and then I also, I'm a VP of marketing for a sports candle company. That has been so exciting We've done candles for the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Titans. Um, we've done a couple golf lines. I launched a line last week with Sebastian Leggett. He plays with the LA Galaxy. And that's been really fun. I get to – truly, I get to just make these partnerships with these athletes, and I help them create a label that they're proud of. But I would say the most rewarding part of all of that is I always have a one-on-one call with them, or if their agent wants to be on the call, they can, and we unpack who they are. And so I was with this um, professional baseball player and I was like, who are you? And he was shy and he didn't want to talk to me about it. And I was like, okay, well, what's your favorite movie? Maybe that, you know, talk to me like I'm your friend. And he told me Shrek. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so he's funny. Like he's a funny guy. He just doesn't want people to know. And so that broke the ice for a great conversation, understanding who this guy is, where he didn't want to share that with people. And then with the, you know, with our soccer player, we were talking and I was like, you know, why is soccer special to you? You know, who inspires you? And he's like, my girlfriend inspires me. Like, she's the hardest working person I know. Like, I just want to be her and I want her to be proud of me. But you never hear that. You never hear that from professional athletes. You never hear that from celebrities. So I get to have these incredible conversations just because we're doing candles. And I mean, it's, you know... There's it's a ton the vehicle. of yeah. There's yeah. a ton of you know symbolism with light, and I think it's fun being able to bring their stories to light with candles. So usually we have a candle <laughs> lit during podcasts. I, w- I would have brought one. Yeah, I would have brought one if I. We known. usually have a candle lit, but uh, for those listening, we are uh, Thrive is getting sold, so I'll be moving to a new office. Um, so like it's kind of different right now, but I love that it's a vehicle yeah. to conversation and. I think a lot of people out there don't understand that really is the purpose of business. Yes. Is human connection. Human connection. I want people when they either have a coaching call with me, if they're going to do a candle line with me, if they are coming to my class, I want them to feel loved. I'm going to smile at you. I want you to know that I care about you because I do. 
And if I'm the only person that you see in that day that actually shows you a genuine care, I hope that you know that it's genuine. Like, I hope that you know when you walk in my door, I'm happy to see you. And it's always going to be that way. I freaking love people. <laughs> yeah. You remind me a lot of myself, like literally just the whole premise of getting an office in the first place was if you came in here, I wanted people to leave the space better than when they entered. I mean, I did. And That's how many, yeah, it's just like, that was the whole purpose of creating a space because I was tired of going to coffee shops and other things where like I could only control what I could control, obviously. Like I can yeah. help people feel good, but I wanted to create an environment where it's just like you come in here for one conversation, you end up meeting a couple of people and staying for five hours. Yeah. And I think it stemmed for me, and I'd love to to kind of end on this last question is where did that stem for you? For me, it stemmed from in my in my neighborhood growing up, we had a basement and I was the house that everyone always came over to. Like we would play mini hockey in our basement. We would play it. rock band. We'd play Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, just tons of different games in our basement. And it was like the community basement. And when I got older and the sports ended, as you said, it does, yeah. and you don't have a team, it's like, where's my space now? Like I'm just alone at my house or alone in my apartment. This yeah. just this is not fulfilling at all. And this is what Thrive has fulfilled for me is the ability to have a space that recreates that basement. And that's was always me. But yeah. for you, what it, what you said you're a people person and that you want people to feel loved. Where, where does that come from? Because I want more people yeah. to be like that. And maybe them hearing your story could help that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to I was I was one of four kids growing up. And I never had a big group of friends. I had friends, I had acquaintances, but I always had like one or two people that I really let know me. And then everyone else was kind of just, they were auxiliary. They were there like, or, or ancillary. They were just there. And at this point in my life, I kind of still am that way. But I realized I shut myself out because I was afraid of people accepting me and I didn't accept me. And so at this point in my life, I accept me and I love people. And I'm like, wait, why Why was I doing that? Why would I ever do that? Let's be with people. Let's share the joy. Let's share the journey. And let's not let someone else feel like they have to have such a small unit because they're afraid that no one's going to accept them. Accept yourself. Everyone else will follow. Yeah. And it's one of those things that they choose to receive it. If yeah. it's the right time, right place, you ultimately just change, change their life just by being that person in that one instance. So I love that. Unfortunately, <laughs> we got to wrap this conversation up and I would love for people to reach out to you. There's so much that you talked about Thank here you. that I can't wait to, to re-listen to this and um, just hear all the golden nuggets that you just dropped. But how can somebody, if they listen to this and like, damn, I got to reach out to Bella, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? I would say probably my Instagram is the easiest way. I'm always on it. Um, I respond pretty much as quickly as I see the message. Instagram's easy. All of my social media has the same name. It's just Miss Bella Martin. For some reason, nobody in two years of not being on social took that name. So here we are. Everything's exactly the same. So if you're looking for me, I'm the only one out there. <laughs> Heck yeah. I mean, rule number one of personal branding is lock up your personal brand. Yep. <laughs> and so people, yep. it, it infuriates me because like, 
I tried to get my name on Twitter, and for some reason, that one was taken. There's but, another CJ family so, out yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, what the heck? And then the same thing with Thrive. There was a couple issues with that, with Facebook. But it is what it is, you know? We make the best of it. Yeah, we'll um, make it. But the last question I always ask everybody is, what does thriving mean to you? And you can take a couple seconds to think about that. Um, there's no right answer here. It's one of those things that whatever you feel, like what does thriving mean to you? I think thriving is synonymous with being joyful. And I think when you're joyful, you're thriving. And I think when you're thriving, you're joyful. And everything that I try to you know, keep and do in my life is bringing me joy. And that's I'm thriving because of it. So I think when it comes to seeing success and thriving, it's just about what brings you joy, whether that's people, whether that's food, whatever job you choose, whatever fitness path you choose. If it brings you joy, you're going to thrive. That's awesome because it's like undefinable yeah. because joy to different people is undefinable. Like right. the way that you define joy is going to be different than me, different than if we had three other people in this room. And you kind of get to make that up. So I love how you answered that. And at the end of every episode, I kind of just chat a little bit about what was the biggest takeaway for me. And this one was pretty easy for me today. The biggest takeaway is when you mentioned you kind of like took a step back and kind of pressed pause a little bit. I'm a big believer that there are seasons in life, just like there are seasons uh, in nature and how like without winter, there is no summer and right. vice versa. I think there's a lot of pressure if you're listening to this right now, there's a lot of pressure in society to have your shit figured out. But at the end of the day, nobody has any of their shit figured out. Even when we're <laughs> sitting here loving ourselves, we still, there's things in our lives that we do not have figured out. We never will. Um, but taking the time to press pause and like going down that one season. So for me, what that looks like right now is I'm training very hard right now up until my competition on May 22nd. And then uh, my wife signed up for a marathon in September and I'm going to be following that up with another competition in September as well. So we're probably going to take a month off to travel and do some things, but then I'm going to get right back into it. But that's my season right now. So I really took a step back and it was nice to hear it from you. It's just like, cause I've been beating myself up where I jumped into entrepreneurship four or five years ago, uh, full time, three years ago. And I put a ton of pressure on myself that I had to have shit figured out. So it's nice to hear like, hey, I can kind of press pause a little bit on like all the entrepreneurial goals I had and like lean a little bit more into the personal goals I had. And that's what I'm doing right now. So it was nice to hear somebody else that has kind of done that in their life and just to see you thriving. So you're giving me inspiration and motivation to continue down my own path of loving myself and just going after the things I want to go after. So thank you for that. Of course. Is there any parting words before I kind of wrap this up? No, we're going to, we're doing this together. So just know you're not alone. Hell yeah. So <laughs> please connect with Bella at Miss Bella Martin on all socials. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. This will be, I believe we're on uh 97 now um, or 98. It's 98. So I'm two away from 100. And I just want to say, I love all of you. And if there's any way that we can be of service to you and help provide value to you, please reach out. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. 
So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.